0: love this podcast support this show through the acar supporter feature it's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment just hit the link in the show description to support now hey we're george and james and today we're getting pretentious with foals everything not saved will be lost part one and part two <laughs> How's it going James
1: Ah not bad, not bad uh again as is the is the usual now on this on this show, we're still in lockdown yeah um, so enjoying that um what have I been doing not a lot um yeah i I can agree with that <laughs> I haven't uh, done much. Has anything, have you been listening to anything good recently? Well, I mean, the big news, the big yes. thing that came out on Friday as we're recording this was the new 1975 album, which we will do a proper discussion on, but initial thoughts? Um, it's long. It is very long. That is my initial thought on it. Who, would, would you go as far as to say too long, George? Uh Um,
0: because i would i've actually only listened to it once all the way through so far um and it was it was too long for that listening moment Mm. so but um i will find the time some more times to listen all the way through and actually come to a conclusion as to whether it is too long because an hour and 20 minutes is it's a lot for a non-deluxe edition
1: Yeah, oh, imagine if a deluxe edition comes out. Yeah. With previously unreleased tracks. Shouldn't happen. It feels a bit like, and and I think it actually is sort of appropriate with this Foles conversation, because it feels a bit like um, they had all of the songs that they'd made and they didn't want to cut any of them for the album. And I think that's uh, sort of true, with the Foles record, um, because they even say that in one of their little like, um, they've been releasing these like sort of behind the scenes videos. They're calling them transmissions. Yeah. About everything not Say will be lost, and there's a, there's literally a moment in there where they were like, "Oh, as soon as we realised we could make a double album, and not have to cut any of the songs we liked, we were happy." I think a big difference is
0: there is that Foles said, we're going to make an album with a load of songs. Let's get in the studio and just record a load of songs that we want to listen to. Yeah. 1975, it's more, we're touring. It feels a bit like Matt Healy just had a load of song ideas and just was like, yeah, let's just get it all down.
1: Let's just record it it all. Let's release it. it. Because I read somewhere that apparently they went, they were like, the album, the 1975 albums recorded and like, 16 different countries, or something, while they were touring with like a, a host of different producers and different studios and stuff. And it's just like, yeah, I mean, there's a lot to go
0: into with production, like how that could have affected the album. Hmm. But, um, I'll tell you what else came out Disclosure announced that they're releasing a new album. Ah, interesting. Um, then you single energy. I quite enjoyed. They idols, were, Idols released a new song.
1: Yeah, I, I quite like that. it. Mister,
0: Mister Motivator. It's it's put me in a funny place with Idols. Um, oh, I don't would, know. I don't know if they've kind of run their course at this point.
1: Oh, interesting. Um, why? Why do you think that? Well it's
0: it's just more of the same and not in a oh yeah bangers it's just like okay cool it's just another it's another happy go lucky punk idol song that just doesn't i mean i've only listened to it a couple of times but it doesn't feel very uh deep or meaningful
1: no i mean like i think the reason i liked it is cuz i found the lyrics funny So um, that in itself says it's probably not a a very deep song because the lyrics are just quite funny and just like silly. Um, I don't know, for some odd
0: reason, I was hoping they were going to get a bit, because they had tracks like June on their last album. Yeah. I was kind of hoping, there was a little hints of that, that they were going to get a little bit dark. But I'm not. Not getting that vibe here
1: i mean i I can't say I've ever really got on board the idols bandwagon. Thing. yeah um yeah, I mean it wouldn't surprise me if they were sort of a if their first album ends up being you know the album, and
0: I don't know for me, the second album's better,
1: like uh, oh, as an album i See, this is how much I don't know about Idols. I thought the last album was the first album. <laughs> I didn't realize oh, there was an dear. album before. That's bad, isn't it? On a music podcast. Yeah, because I mean,
0: in all fairness, Brutalist, no, Brutalism, sorry, is a is a smashing album. And then Joy is an act of resistance, which they released a year later, and now it's two years, which is still quite quick these days to get start working on another album. But yeah. I just expected a little bit more. I don't know. I tell
1: don't you know. What, tell That'll you what surprise me. Tell you what song I am obsessed with at the moment. Tell me, tell me. And I and it, it, and I appreciate I'm very late to the uh late to it. Is Blinding Lights by the Weekend. Mm. Oh my god. I'd never heard that until like the other day. And I was like, what is this song? It is a tune. Such an 80s pop banger. Love it. Is that the one that's like,
0: da, da,
1: da, 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 da,
0: da? George, yeah. it,
1: it is exactly that song. Yeah. Yeah. Because
0: there's a. That's the only one on the album that I've actually. I keep going back to. Yeah, to be fair, the rest of the album's a bit like,
1: nah,
0: eh, it's okay. Yeah. But, I find it, it it fits weirdly into the universe of pop that's going on right now um with the whole let's go back to the 80s and steal all of that because you got that obviously Dua which we've already talked about um I don't know if you've heard Lady Gaga's latest stuff yeah super kind of 80s slightly more 90s vibe maybe but yeah like very very old school yeah um I I think I'm kind of liking it it's quite fun probably what people need to be dancing around in their living rooms during isolation.
1: Exactly. I've been dancing around a lot to Blinding Lights. It's bloody brilliant.
0: Fair. Um, I'll tell you what else. Biffy Clyro have released another very mediocre, completely boring, pointless song.
1: Well, I haven't listened to the new one, but the first two that they released... I know. um, Just... So, hang on, I'm just getting Biffy Clyro up now. Yeah. Because they released, um, so the first one they released off this new album was Instant History. Yeah. Which I thought was bloody awful. I mean, I like, I generally like Biffy Clyro. Yeah, same. But I thought Instant History was, I just, I listened to it and I was like, what, what is this? Um, It's so bad. It's kind of got like almost, I don't know if dubstep's the right, but it's almost got EDM sort of sound in it. It sounds
0: like somebody downloaded Fruity Loops, well, like Simon downloaded Fruity Loops and had a go at doing EDM and then went, oh, but I'll still play guitar on it. And then I thought
1: End Of was all right. I thought that was like a, a, a decent... Biffy Clyro guitar sort of album track. I thought that's all right. Yeah, it's
0: if that was sat on an album with some other good songs, I'd probably be like, yeah, all right.
1: Um, but I thought like it was it was y enough that it was harking back a little bit to their earlier stuff. Yeah, I agree. Um, like it felt a bit Saturday Superhouse, but just not as good. Hmm.
0: Now you see tiny indoor fireworks. I have a latest heard this single. One. It's just oh it's oh, I don't know even where to start with it's just
1: so Oh uh, no, I I'm I'm I've I've just listened to the first ten seconds and I already want to yeah. tell. Hey, 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 hey. It feels like if Buster
0: tried to do a Biffy Clyro song.
1: Oh, God, it does.
0: Yeah, it. it's just, oh, no, no. I, I don't know. Go listen to it for yourself, guys, and uh, let us know what you think, because I just can't get on board with it. I want to like Biffy Clyro again, but I haven't for so long.
1: I didn't mind the last album, to be fair. I thought there were some songs on there that were, were pretty good there was some good songs, but majority of it was not. What's the last Biffy Clarice, uh album that you've liked? Opposites. Opposites which isn't, was good. Which isn't that long ago.
0: I actually know it is quite long ago. 2013. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, that's all. I, actually, yesterday I went on a bit of a 2012 binge. Because um, I had, I think it was a Ah, it's called Feed Me. Came up right. on my Spotify. Who I haven't listened to since 2012. Went on a binge of listening to 2012 EDM, like all of your Knife Party, yeah, Maud Maud Fustang, Porter Robinson, but only from 2012. Right, such a good but bad year for <laughs> EDM music. It's that kind of whole dead mouse Nero yeah era where dubstep was getting getting popular
1: so today's episode yeah we're talking about foals everything not saved will be lost parts one and two the big double album well is it a double album or is it two albums In is it two albums you know or is it an album in two parts? You know, you know what I mean. It's kind of difficult because it's not really a double album because they weren't released together. Yeah, but you got the classic surf part one
0: and then into the surf. Yeah, which that there you go. Tied <laughs> yeah. it in double That's all album. You need. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, is this the first time this has happened? Is this new? I haven't actually really looked for example i mean the only thing i can think of is marshall Mathers lp one and two off the top of my head but i'd say that's it's a little bit different because i'd say
1: that's i'd say marshall Mathers lp one and two is a bit like led zeppelin one and two and three and four like i don't think they're necessarily like considered albums that are like together they're just like they're just basically saying like this is number one and this is number two and then
0: well you know no I mean? because Marshall Mavis definitely had a it had a theme and Marshall yeah. Mavis two follows a similar theme it's almost more like I feel Star I feel Wars. like
1: it's <laughs> I feel like it's almost like a sequel you know what I mean yeah it's more like Where, Star Wars whereas this is I I think definitely part of this it's the same body of work
0: yeah it. I mean, it's all one studio session, isn't it? It's not, yeah, divided up. I mean, what do you think of the name for start? Everything not saved will be lost.
1: Um, what do I think of the name? Do I like the? I think I like the name. Um, it's not the catchiest of album titles ever. No, but I, but I, but. I like it I think it fits with well see now this is the problem with this album like we're already getting into potential problems with the album that I have right yeah because I'm going to say from the get go I'm a big Foles fan and I actually I actually really like these two albums Uh, yeah I've listened to them a lot I really like them so well We'll, we'll put that there and you can bear that in mind while I talk about my problems. I think this, I think this
0: is a classic example of a fan who is also musically minded talking about something that they really like, but it's like star Wars for me. Yeah. I love star Wars. I will always watch all of the films over and over again.
1: Even the ones that we say that we don't very like. Very good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Although I still haven't watched The Last Jedi for the second time, so that's anyway. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, um, I think the thing is with the title is yeah. in my mind, I, I read and I think, well that fits with the overarching sort of theme and message and story of the album, right? But then yeah. I'm but then I think. But did I actually get that overarching theme from the songs themselves or did i get that from listening to yanis uh the lead singer of Foles, talking about the title the the album and the title because i'm not sure if i listened to the album cold without having heard any of the chat about it that i would know the sort of the theme of the album is about sort of it's got like Mm. an apocalyptic idea behind it
0: I think there is even in the track titles there's hints at it not not massively but especially with tracks like Exits um, Sunday has a lot of that vibe and then also Dreaming of and ten thousand feet. I think Neptune as well. On the- Neptune, yeah, they they do have a kind of not end of the world, almost more of a a Black Mirror esque vibe. That kind of the world's not ended, but we've definitely put ourselves in a situation we are finding hard to figure out.
1: And I think this is where for me the idea of I, I, I wouldn't want them to uh cut tracks and put it into one album because I like I said I enjoy both albums as they are. But I think if you would have if you'd have picked tracks from both albums and put them into one the theme would feel a lot more clear because you would have yeah. Exits and Neptune and stuff existing together on the same album. And it would feel a lot more focused. I think. I get that. In ter- yeah. Only only in terms of theming, mm. not in terms of like musically, like sonically. I think yeah. both. I think both albums work. Um, like they stand alone and work on their own, sort of thing. Yeah, I think. Sadly
0: and i think this is quite classic Foles is the music is made first and then Yannis puts his kind of thought and his ideology into the song rather than having that idea and the the kind of pre-thought to then make the music
1: hmm.
0: which i think that's where it Because, I mean, let's be honest, songs like Black Ball and uh, maybe The Runner a little bit as well, it's just a... In Degrees is another example. It's just bangers.
1: Yeah. Black Black Ball certainly, because didn't they come up with that when they were just sort of jamming together and they came up with the riff? Yeah, exactly. And the drum beat. So you feel like, yeah, there, there are maybe songs that are sort of less planned to fit into this sort of world, then.
0: Yeah, I mean, then, there's definitely an aspect of they, they've got a childish charm to them of like we want our we want our fans to have fun. They want to have fun playing them.
1: Like I do, I, I do. It's probably a good time to talk about how I do find the variety in Foles fans very interesting when you go to a Foles gig. Uh, yeah. We've 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 talked about this before. You get um you get your your sort of laddie group at the front in the mosh pit, who are there for the bangers. They're there for you know being but able can, to chant the riffs. But you
0: can guarantee that when they've had a breakup, they listen to Spanish, ha- ha- uh, Spanish Sahara and have a little cry. <laughs> yeah, probably.
1: <laughs> um, we've all been there. Yeah. Um, so. <laughs> you have those guys that are there for the bangers yeah uh you've got sort of the uh slightly older um probably like my dad's age crowd who have heard foals on six music and <laughs> and think they're great yeah um and then you've got the like the sli- slightly arty pretentious crowd who appreciate the bangers but also You know, they're there for the art as well, and they think foals are, like, kind of arty and musical. Yeah. And that's us. And you've got, like, an interesting sort of mix of people at a foals gig.
0: Yeah, I I think that's something that's really nice about foals, and also their slow ascent to, like, success. Yeah. It's been very gradual and very... It's like watching your mates doing well at this point, like them headlining Truck Festival last year. It was very much,
1: oh, yes, thank you. Uh, and it felt <laughs> like well. it, it felt like that being in the crowd. It was like, oh yeah, you went, didn't you? Because it was like it was obviously it was a homecoming gig for them, and yeah. they were, you know, they did that thing of like, well, you know, we we started off, we played in like a that little tent over there and then we moved over to the barn and then yeah you know so that was kind of cool to see um but i think bearing in mind their different audiences they do very well on an album of like sort of including everyone yeah from those groups into the album because you have got like you've got especially on like part two, you've got Black Bull, which is like a three minute banger, but then you've got a track like Neptune, which is ten minutes long, yeah, which I would argue still a banger, but it's ten minutes long, and it's so it's a it's, ten banger
0: yeah. but then you like you've got a song like into the surf, which is quite a it's quite a sweet song. Mm. I think that is something that is different about these albums compared to anything else they've done. And it's something that I think has allowed Foals to go such long periods of time without releasing, is that usually the albums have all of what you've said already. They've got the kind of more slow songs, the bangers, the more intricate stuff. Whereas for me, part one feels slightly slower as an album. Yeah. And more intricate, bit more thought out. It feels like what you would hear at the start of like if you played the first album, the start of a set, and then go off, come back on, the second album is just giving it all you've got. Mm. Like throwing
1: your guitars against the wall. And they even sort of did that when um We saw them in Kingston playing the first album. So, the part one. Yeah. So, they played it all the way through. And then they went off and they came back on and they did Black Bull. So, they like sort of previewed Black Bull. Yeah. And then they did like Inhaler and stuff. So, it was like sort of this, like exactly as you just said. Like, Mm -hmm. they came on the encore and did the throw your guitars around Yannis yeah. jumps off the balcony sort of thing
0: yeah classic Yannis.
1: yeah part
0: one is definitely is the it's the sophisticated side of the album for me i keep wanting to call it one album but it, yeah it's a it's a weird idea do you think it will catch on with anyone else would do you think
1: know. it's a bit of a one-off? I'd see... Well, this is what I was... It's like, I don't know if it will catch on with anyone else, but I could see Foles doing it again. I could I could almost see them... their next album doing the same sort of thing. And mm. it becoming Foles's, like way of releasing records. I don't know if they will, because it, it seems like a lot of work, but... um, I think...
0: The amount of money they've probably made off this, it would be tempting.
1: I reckon the label are potentially being like,
0: well, you could probably do you doing that again, because
1: that's pretty good. Well, because if you think about it, not just in terms of like the albums themselves, but you've got, they release the album, then they have the tour. And then they release second album, and then they do the other tour. I mean, granted, this tour's been interrupted because of everything yeah. that's going on at the moment, but they are still doing it next year. Um, so there's definitely like it keep, and it, it also like keeps Foles relevant for like you know a good three, four years while these are happening, because
0: I mean, you, I tell you i tell you what would be quite interesting, actually. It's just come to my mind. Because obviously they're now all, they're not touring. All of their gear is probably, it was probably already packed to tour. So they've probably got minimal gear. Um, It would be interesting to see if they release an almost, an album reflecting on this time and calling it something like everything not saved has been lost or something. And like, an album that was made during the touring period of everything not saved
1: that would be interesting
0: yeah because obviously they're going to be doing something right now
1: i would like to hear a really stripped back Foles record i don't know if anyone else actually wants that but i i think that would be interesting Mm. and i'm not i'm not talking like stripped back in terms of like i want them all to be playing acoustic guitars (laughs) but like but like I don't know, something really with a lot of space to it. And mm. that would be quite interesting.
0: Yeah, that's not an area that they've really ventured into. Like, however much I do like these two albums, they're still, they're still a Warner Brothers esque
1: sound to it. It feels quite as big as we can be. What do you mean, if for anyone listening that won't? be able to follow that what do you mean by like a warner brothers-esque sound just like a small band working
0: in their garage suddenly gets given a big old budget from warner brothers or whatever label they're now signed to and just decide to get every instrument every producer that they can get their hands on and just make in all fairness a really good sounding record but it's it loses something a little bit i think sometimes
1: do you think they they sort of throw everything they can at at, so, at song sometimes? A little bit. Um, I felt it a little bit
0: in degrees. In in degrees is it, it? There's points where it just feels a little bit cluttered.
1: There's a lot going on in that song. If you really mm. like break it down, there's a lot. There's a lot of percussion. There's a lot of since doing different things i mean i think I think they 've definitely got
0: better at that style compared to Holy Fire and what went down like there's points especially in what went down, where it sounds like you've got like ten guitars playing the same thing, <laughs> all layered up, and it 's a bit it's just like was this actually needed? Is this overkill um They've definitely cut back on that a lot more for these two albums. They're a lot more intelligent in the way they've been put together. And the producer, um, I really rate. Um, I can't remember his name. Um, they discussed him in those uh, transmissions they've been doing.
1: Is it Brett Shaw?
0: Yes, that's the one. Really, a really smart producer. He also did Clean Bandit's first album, which ah. I do actually rate as an album. And daughter, stuff like that. Stuff that's very good at having space.
1: So a little bit of Foles context, um, for the audience. What was your favourite Foles record before coming into this? this? And it might still be the same it might still be the same. I don't know. It is my favourite Foals. What well, for you is like peak? Because they've gone, I feel like they've, you know, there's a journey. There's a Foals oh,
0: journey. I don't think Foals have ever peaked. Um, for me so far, their best album is probably What Went Down before this. But yeah. it's not my favourite. I think Total Life Forever is my favourite.
1: Interesting.
0: Um, Just because that's kind of how I discovered them. Right. I'd, I'd listen to Foals Antidotes a lot. Before Total Life Forever, yeah. Um, but then Total Life Forever came along, and they were they were the first indie band doing this sound for me, anyway. Yeah, and it's a very good album.
1: It is a good album. The
0: indie band. Especially. I sort of just
1: dis- i i w- I, w- I was a little bit late to the Foles party. I think I discovered them around Holy Fire. Yeah, which I think is very common. Because um, my that was my number, wasn't it? Which was the yeah, which the I just which I just oh now <laughs> like yeah. Every time I, I think it's it's one of those things. It's just it's it's uh it's just been completely overplayed, hasn't it? Um, yeah, I I think also
0: their marketing "Total Life Forever" was done very well but I don't think was necessarily very false Mm. to a certain extent. Um, What went down, Holy Fire and What Went Down is pretty much just been the same. They might as well be a a part one and part two album as well, to be honest. They're very much the same album
1: in my eyes. Um, Which which, which makes you wonder what, the next even if they're not part one and part two right what the next two Foles albums are going to be like yeah in terms of like what phase will they be in like where will they go next what's the direction
0: well you see what I find interesting obviously you don't I don't count Foles' first record as the the foals discography for me anyway
1: well I think part of that is down to like the the look of it as well like in terms of like the artwork yeah, because everything else is so uniform with the same font and um and obviously like the first record they just probably weren't even thinking about that sort of stuff. Um,
0: but you see, for me, the first—not the first three—in my mind, they are the first three. But Total Life
1: Forever, Holy yeah.
0: Fire, What Went Down—that's a trilogy.
1: Yeah, like they the original trilogy, and then yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's
0: quite fitting now. They've released these two part one, part two, they've changed it up a bit. You don't have the little lines, the big foals logo in the corner. Yeah. It's much more subtle. It's more it's more fitting to probably how they are as people now. They've aged. I, they've grown they've,
1: up. Like and I think you can see that as the record's going on, it it, it it feels like a you're watching a band grow up a bit and they're sort of maturing a little bit. And with these two albums, like you were saying, there's less of the let's. I mean, there's still occasions where they're doing it, but there's less of the sort of like let's layer ten guitars over each other doing the exactly the same thing to make yeah. a, a huge loud sound. And it's a bit more considered. Cause... I mean, if you listen to a track like Syrups or mm. Cath or Cathay to Athens on Part One, yeah, they're both quite um they're not necessarily what you would expect they're still very foals but they're, they're not necessarily what you would ex- you wouldn't ha- have heard that on a uh, holy fire or what went well, it's, down
0: it's a bit like i remember hearing a knife in the ocean when that first came out of what went down yeah and thinking this is good but it could be better it you i you definitely got that vibe of it being this big, epic, closing thing. That was the aim. Yeah. Almost a bit like a heavier Spanish Sahara.
1: And that song, Live, is, is it like, is, amazing. It is really good, but it didn't feel quite right.
0: It didn't feel like they'd quite peaked. Right. Because uh, it's a seven-minute long track, which was the yeah. longest track they'd ever done. And it does get a little bit drawn out towards the end.
1: Yeah, it feels like um, Sunday or Neptune are sort of them doing that again, but But with with much more understanding of of how to do it. They've
0: suddenly kind of... Neptune is the kind of realisation of like, shit, we can actually do a 10-minute kind of prog math rock tune that's indie at the
1: same time. There's also, did you... Did you, like me, when, when you saw the track listing when the when the album came out and you saw there was a 10-minute song at the end, yeah. did a little part of you just be like, oh, dear. Oh, God, here we go. I, and I love, like, a 10-minute song. We know, like, I'm a big War on Drugs fan who go on and on and on. But, um, yeah, there was a little part of me of, like, oh, Foles doing a 10-minute song. That feels uh, yeah. a little bit a little bit dangerous. Yeah, it, that's how I felt.
0: But I mean, funnily enough, Total Life Forever, a, a lot of the songs are over five minutes.
1: Yeah. It's
0: Blue true. Blood, uh, Black Gold is six and a half minutes, Spanish Sahara is nearly seven minutes, Afterglow is six minutes, and then Two Trees is just over five minutes. So they are quite good at it already.
1: Yeah, I mean, they've always been a band that that is quite, Good at mastering the the build as well, like the slow build. Mm. Like even something like late night off Holy Fire has kind of got that slow build, and then it becomes more and more epic towards the end. Yeah, true. Um, I tell you what,
0: I I, I don't like that much. Is I'm done with the world, and it's done with me. Nah, mm. it it falls a little bit flat. I I get why after since watching the latest transmission about the keys player yeah um I get it a bit more but it does fall a little bit flat I don't know do you feel the same
1: uh yeah I mean for me that album ends with Sunday really you know what I mean yeah. Sunday's the track before and it feels like that's the closer, um, and actually, it felt a bit weird when I saw them play it live. What well, I'm done with the world. That felt a little bit weird um, when they were doing like all the album from from oh, start right. to finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I know like albums aren't necessarily built to make great live sets, but Sunday felt like
0: a big like ender. we were
1: like a big end and then to go into that it it sort of like it felt like we were then sort of waiting for them to be done you know what i mean mm. um i think if if that song had done more to um bridge the gap between the two albums to be honest what i think could have
0: been really cool is putting red is it red desert yeah putting red desert right at the end of part one yes so that
1: it it feels like
0: it's about to go somewhere and then as soon as it stops just oh it would leave you wanting more it
1: would also be so satisfying because i i one thing i haven't done yet and i still need to do is and i know they did it around the time the second album came out they did like a listening party on youtube didn't they with like the two albums back to back yeah and I still haven't listened to them back to back yet, which I still need to do. But it's worth doing. I, it would it would be very satisfying if Red Desert was at the end of Part One, and then it it flowed straight into Part Two. Yeah, I mean, it works anyway. Yeah, when you're
0: listening to them straight all the way through. Yeah. Um. Because obviously it's there. Yeah. Um. But I'm done with the world. Just. Just doesn't sit for me in the whole, the whole part one, part two. It's the most, it's the one that sticks out most to me.
1: Uh, so, as someone who's listened to both albums together, what what was that like? Because you said it, it, it's something that needs to be done. So, what what did you get from listening to them back to back in one sort of sitting? Just like
0: being a really good Foles gig <laughs> <laughs> to be honest and it doesn't feel as long as the latest 1975 album well,
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> which is funny because it's actually about an hour and 40 minutes to listen to part one and part two
1: i mean i think that says a lot about um about the album, and, and that you don't feel like there's a lot of. I said the album as then as if they're if as if it's all one album, but um, it sort of is. Um, but there's not a lot of like dead wood that you would get rid of, apart from maybe that song yeah. that you just mentioned. There's actually not that, and I think the problem we have we, we've been initially having with the 1975 record is that this feels like stuff that you would cut. Um, And that makes something feel longer. I think
0: what's good about this, the process they had to making this, is that they thought they would have to cut. And they purposely were like, let's not make songs that we would cut. Like, we need to make good songs. We don't want to waste anything. So they actually ended up not cutting anything and having things that shouldn't be cut anyway. Yeah. They kind of knew all along that they wanted to make one album and then just thought, okay, fuck it. Like, we've just made a load of good songs. I like they knew what they were doing. It was, it seemed very fought out. I mean, they've had enough time. It was four years between their last album and this. Shall we talk about the music videos for this? I knew knew that's what you were going to ask me. All right. So first of all, Exit's incredible music uh, the incredible music video. Uh
1: um, I I think the reason why Exit's that video works so well is because it's it it's something we we've, we've always said when we've been um talking about music videos, it feels like a like a short film. Yeah. It, it's um,
0: thought out. Yeah. Actual thought, development, writing, creativity, like it should be,
1: was put into that video. <laughs> so, and, and so Exits was the lead single, which I thought interesting choice for a lead single. Very good choice, I think. Um, but i I think good choice, but I don't think the obvious choice, if you were looking at the album.
0: I think that was what was good about it, though. It was like, because they... Did they announce it was going to be a part one, part two before the single? I think they did, didn't they? I think so, yeah. So to say that and be like, yeah, so we're going to do two albums in one year and then drop that, it's very much like, okay, shit, we're getting something different. We're changing it up. Yeah. It added to that excitement because... I think even Foles know that the last two albums have been a bit of the same. Yeah. So it's like, let's give them the most left wing new wave track on the album
1: and just tantalise them a little and, bit. And and to be honest, like when I first heard Exits, like the for the first time, it took me a few listens to like really get on board with it. I was like, yeah, it's fine. But I felt like it should have built, like, because I was expecting a Foles track. Yeah, I thought the ending—you know, the ending where it kind of just goes into—it sort of grooves towards the end. Yeah, Um I was expecting like, oh, it's going to build up to something, it's going to sort of explode, and it doesn't, which is kind of good because it's different. And and now hearing it in the context of the album, it's like that totally makes so sense. So works. Um, And I'm glad it doesn't just do a typical Foles build at the end.
0: Yeah, it could have quite easily have gone into a Provenance sort of massive. But the first time I heard it, I was like, oh, okay. Um, But I think what, what I really enjoyed is obviously they'd been releasing pictures. They'd released artwork. Like you'd heard little snippets of the song. It all felt it all worked together, yeah, it had that slight there was a graininess, there was a kind of a slight um sight, like what do you call it steampunk sci-fi vibe.:
1: Yeah, there was definitely it. sort of, yeah, very filmic sort of um, how
0: somebody in the eighties would have seen now.
1: Yeah, I almost felt like it was... It felt like an 80s or 70s sci-fi film. Like, that exits video. Mm. almost feels like a, a... Like a... Like a French... Yeah. ...arty sci-fi film from the 70s that is just set in the near future about, you know, the way... Yeah. ...corporations are going to take over or whatever. And it really worked for me with the artwork this very yeah. kind of luscious... The yeah, artwork's interesting. Skewed. The art, The artwork's really interesting because um, it's it's done by a... Uh, well, the, the artwork for part one, anyway. It's by an Ecuadorian artist named Vincente Munoz. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm not oh, okay. sure. But the photograph is done on infrared film. And... Um, So the the film captures, and it's something I've been playing because I've managed to figure out how to do it on my digital camera. Well, like sort of, not I've not figured out how to do it on my digital camera, but I figured out how to make it look like I've done it, basically, on infrared film. And basically, the infrared film captures the infrared light rather than the visible light. So that's what how you get these plants that look really bright red because it's not capturing the green off the plants it's capturing like the infrared light that's coming from the plants so those plants are probably green but they look they look like bright red as a result so i've been going to like richmond park and taking photos and playing with that technique so i've managed to make like richmond park look like shockingly bright red and it's a really cool effect
0: so why I mean, do you know much about the science behind it? Like, I'm why not sh- is it that the building's kind of blue?
1: Because um, it sort of, I don't, I, I'm not an expert, but yeah. just from how I've, how you managed to sort of reverse engineer it within like a Photoshop program, if you were going to try and emulate it like I've been doing, is mm. that the, um, it leaves some sort of, at least, because it's obviously it has to capture some available light, um, for for there to be any photograph at all. Yeah, and it the infrared for so I I don't know the the exact science, but the infrared means that some colours are more affected than others, and it changes how your usual like colour palette would be, so that. It's generally like greens and stuff like that are more affected and, okay. and turn red. So that's why it's really interesting when you do it with like plant life, because it's suddenly, and there's different types of infrared film that you can get that like can make it really white and it almost turns it into looking like it's sort of like a snowy landscape. Um, and, but it, but it's interesting because, because he's doing it in these pictures they're part of like a ongoing series that he's got going on about nature in an urban environment and he's using the infrared film to make the nature really pop so that like it's really ob like visually obvious um which sort of fits in with the theme of the album yeah. about being sort of around climate change and the environment and all that kind of stuff um that sort of fits quite nicely with it yeah i like that
0: i mean i'm now just looking at a few quick infrared Infra- photography
1: pictures um it's a really interesting effect and
0: um,
1: yeah i and think I see all of
0: this fits like it fits with the album
1: yeah and you can get like different ones like you're probably you're probably looking now and you can see that there's ones which is like it makes everything like sort of Look bright white, white and, yeah. or like almost pinkish and, um, yeah, it's an interesting. So it's, something, see... it's, something, it's, it's something that I've been playing around with when I, but I didn't realise for for ages. So I sort of saw this thing about infrared photography and started playing around with the technique, mm. and then I sort of started taking pictures. um I do want to get some actual infrared film at some point. That'd be really cool. But um, uh started taking pictures of trees and stuff and, and making them bright red. And then it only, like, struck me later that I was like, oh, oh wait, that's... is that <laughs> the, how the Foles album's done? And then looked into it and obviously was. Now you it, see it's it's almost interesting that sort of infrared photography thing on the on the everything not saved album it almost makes it feel like um and especially with the the sort of all the information the album being down the left side it almost feels like the the photographs been taken in somewhere like japan or something where you assume those those plants uh like have that coloring and that that Having the lettering down the side is a very sort of Japanese, Asian, trend on their like artworks on records and stuff. Mm. Um, But yeah, it only struck. But anyway, that that's a side note about the. uh, Now you see the artwork. You've got that. That's
0: awesome. That's a new layer that I didn't know about to the artwork that already I already thought was very good. You've had the Exits music video, very good, all in keeping with the aesthetic that they're putting across. Yeah. And then they released the music video for On the Lunar. <laughs> um, yeah. Do you want to explain so, your
1: reaction to that? <laughs> so, On the Lunar, so as George said, we get this... Very well thought out, very artistic video in exits, uh, and and a song that is a little bit different and a little bit it's still very much folds, but it's it's like oh they're sort of taking this a little bit more thoughtful direction, kind of a bit bit dark. There's dark, you know, there's a darkness to it. Mm. Um, On the Luna comes out, and it's basically the album's my number. Mm um it's a very similar track and it's accompanied by a video that is literally just old bits of tour footage that they've stitched together um and the disappointment that me and george felt
0: i felt cheated
1: james i felt very cheated (laughs) like
0: i it is so difficult because i obviously still love the project Still love Exits as a music video. But don't promise some sort of world building. And then, and like the director of... I mean, I don't know how expensive it must have been to do Exits, but oh, it's just not
1: good. It does feel like that, though. It feels like they ran out of money after Exits. They blew all the budget on Exits and then went... Well, we've got a music video now. Uh, just uh, we've got all that tour footage from last year, just stitched together. It'll be fine. Yeah, and then
0: I mean, actually, should have got their YouTube channel up before to actually figure out the order of things.
1: So what do you think about "On the Lunar" as well? I think it's one of the weakest songs. I don't. I.
0: It's probably my least, other than the last track. It's my least favorite song on the album for me yeah it, it it's just another classic what do you call it just like like you said my number it's a yeah it's a thing for the for the people i guess the big fans and not the big fans sorry the the kind of it's the it's the pop record it's the single it's the it's the one that's gonna get to bbc radio one number one sort of thing yeah. Um so after that it was that was then the album came out and you then got White Onions which, which was is basically another it's them in the studio. Yeah. Um I mean Moonlight was okay. That was just Yanis singing in front of a piano.
1: But again, it's like, um, you know, those those videos might be, you know, fine in themselves and, and decently made or whatever. Like the In Degrees video is... Oh, really well made. It's really well made, but it's,
0: again, it's just them... It's another indie band doing an all right-looking live video.
1: And in the context of, of what you got with Exits and what you thought they were promising... Mm-hmm. That's really where uh we've we've mentioned before on the podcast that we had issues with this album. It's actually not really the albums themselves that we seem to have an issue with. It's more just the, the marketing around it that we false promise. Found, yeah, <laughs> that we found sort of really sort of disappointing. It's just so for a
0: band that lyrically, musically visually have something very different to most indie bands it's so disappointing that they kind of just do the atypical warner brothers big budget thing of just like let's just throw out some music videos because that's what we're expected to do we'll just record some stuff
1: so do you think right so that so part one was nominated for a mercury prize Yes. And I think I'm right in saying it's the first time they were nominated for a Mercury Prize. Mm. Um, Do you think if you were on the... I mean, I don't know how it works at the Mercury Prize in terms of how they what their criteria is for, for deciding the winner, right? Yeah. And they were up against some tough competition that I'm not sure they would have necessarily no. beaten anyway, right? They were quite low on my list to win, in all but, fairness. But let's say... Let's say they were in with the shot. Let's say everyone's in with the shot, right? Yeah. Do you think if you were on the judging panel for this record and you looked at their record, and I don't know if the Mercury Prize take this into account, but you also looked at the all the stuff that goes with the record, all the music videos, all the marketing around it. I imagine that's got to come into it at some point because mm. that, does you know that is part of the album that's part of how we perceive the album that's part of how we listen to the album um do you think if they'd have looked at it and seen the video for exits and then the subsequent music videos had built on this world that they'd established in exits that it would maybe give it more of a chance it would make the album feel more like it was a big part of something rather than maybe just another foals record i think
0: that this is a reason why uh, music awards such as the brits have your kind of best final your best your best deluxe edition your best music video because for me out of all of the artists nominated last year, I do think Foles had the best marketing plan. The best, like, in relation to how good the album was, to how good the music video quality was, with then the Deluxe Edition vinyl, all of their Deluxe social Deluxe Edition presents. vinyl was
1: beautiful,
0: by the way. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at their YouTube now, and... You had trailers for the album. You then had a music video for Exits on the Luna. They did vinyl unboxings. They had White Onions, Moonlight, Café de Athens, Indigrées, Sunday. They did behind-the-scenes behind video for Indigrées and stuff. They then did remixes of every single song off the album. They then released a Black Ball video, The Runner video...
1: We're going to talk I mean, about the Runner video in a minute.
0: I mean, obviously, <laughs> this is now getting into the second album. But yeah. even then, after that, you throw in that they've done the Rip Up the Road documentary that's on Amazon. They've also done an in, uh, a music video for Neptune, which is a 10-minute long song. Um, we'll talk about that anyway. But they've got done more remixes. They're then doing the transmissions which are yeah. like the little like – I. it's so much – like the album – the first album's already a year old yeah. and they're still marketing it really well. Like they win a prize in my books for marketing.
1: Even with the missteps of the music videos that we've already talked about. And obviously
0: like with all of the coronavirus stuff and COVID-19, yeah. like – They're still powering through. They're not letting people forget.
1: Also, the 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 them doing a music video for "Wash Off" when (sighs) the coronavirus thing hit, and it's a it's a public service announcement about how to wash your hands. That was that was a you know whoever thought of that deserves an award for just like good thinking. Yeah, this is what I mean. Like clever marketing, really
0: it 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 feels like they're giving the fans everything that you would expect a band to give their fans any well a band that has the budget of a Warner Brothers signed artist like it's a very good showcase of what artists should be doing with the budget with that sort of budget yeah I like i mean it puts people like beyonce and Kanye West to shame a little bit, it's kind of like. Look, are you making music or are you like, are you making music so you can have fun or are you making music for your fans? And Foles is making music for its fans.
1: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, But they did release some bad music videos. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Shall we talk about The Runner? Let's talk about The Runner, James. So if you haven't seen The Runner music video, then I guess pause this podcast. Go watch it. Come back because uh, we got some things to say about that. So the premise of the run of music video is Yanis fighting himself, basically, isn't it? Uh-huh.
0: But which is a it's a it's an awkward start to a music video, as it is.
1: Yeah. But okay, fine. We'll 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 go with that as the idea. It could be cool, right? Yeah. But then instead of and I don't know if it was a budget constraint or they just couldn't figure out how to do it or I don't know what. But but like instead of Yanis fighting himself, like, you know, get some guy and then put Yanis's face on him or, or shoot Yanis twice or wh- whatever Which, let's you need be to honest, do.
0: It's, it's fairly, it's fairly basic CG at this like point.
1: Like we, at this point, a lot of people have done it. So we should be able to figure out There's how to people like, with less budgets doing it. <laughs> there'll be, a, there'll be a tutorial on YouTube, guys. If, if, yeah. if you can't, if you can't figure it out. Oh, actually, if anybody can go
0: get the run music video and actually put Yanis's face. Over the
1: that top. would be great, yeah. I would, would, I would love to see that. <laughs> um, so instead, they, they don't do that. They get a guy that doesn't even really look like Yanis, but sort of has the similar hair and beard. He looks like another Greek guy. Yeah. Really. <laughs> yeah. And like, if you squint, he maybe looks like Yanis. Yeah. But it's not even that. But they still go with the idea that Yannis is fighting himself. Yeah. And in and in interviews I've seen with Yannis, he's like, yeah, so the running music video is about me fighting myself. It's like, but it's not. It's about you fighting a random Greek guy yeah. that looks vaguely similar to you. Yeah. I, like, I would like to
0: see how long it took them to do the casting for that, or whether they just <laughs> they just typed into a casting website Greek guy, black hair.
1: Vaguely looking Greek guy. Yeah,
0: five foot five-ish. Cool, first one's come up, brilliant.
1: Put him in a similar shirt, and well, let's go. Yeah, and the editing, like,
0: editing for exits, incredible. So good. Editing for the runner, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of university and diploma students that could have done a better job of editing that video together.
1: There's some dodgy cuts in the But there is
0: also some really good cuts. Yeah. There's some there's a few, and I mean a few <laughs> cuts that is like satisfyingly good. But then there's a lot that is just what are you doing? And there's the whole thing under the um blanket. Which, I mean, I'm sure you remember doing it as a kid. You have the big rainbow blanket and everyone's moving the blanket and you run underneath the blanket and it's magical and it feels like you're going into a different universe. Filming it does not look the same as it, as it is in your head as a child. It does not look magical. No, it looks like a bunch of fully grown adults throwing a blanket up and down over a person.
1: There's a, I've just, because it's been a while since I actually watched the run music video. I just, I just started playing it when you were talking then. Yeah. And literally at the start, Yanis splits into two people. Yeah. So it should be this, it should, it should be Yanis. Like, <laughs> and then the next shot is him looking at a guy who looks not
0: really like him. Somebody actually had the conversation, didn't they? Where, they got the music video to that point, and were probably thinking, "All right, we need to, we need to change his face." And they're like, "We've already spent X amount of time on this video. We've only got like two hundred quid left. How do we do this?" And they're like, well, do you think he looks close enough? Yeah. See, now,
1: now, someone here on 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 in the YouTube comments. Oh, okay. Has tried to explain why they look different. Oh, is it just some sort of one's good, one's bad? He's saying that he's running away from a version of himself that he himself doesn't recognise. But it doesn't. That's. It, I'm sorry. That's doesn't. Mm. Doesn't that doesn't hold up for me? Even if that's true, that's
0: that's called a weak creative decision covered up by a <laughs> weak excuse
1: but most people don't like in the i mean i know we can't take youtube comments as uh scripture <laughs> yeah <laughs> but like people just think it's great and I, I i wonder if we're the only ones that see that it's, it's a bit weird
0: it's not I mean, for a Foles, I think it's difficult because for a Foles music video, it is actually quite good. Like they are, you got to remember they're an indie band. Like, I like
1: the idea, but you look some at, of the like, shots
0: are nice. But you look at something like Spanish Sahara's music video or Cassius, I think it is, where it's just them in a park. I know early days, but
1: yeah. But the there's music even videos stuff. Videos don't like,
0: have big budgets,
1: but there's a nice point where they're sort of walking through water in like a swimming pool. And the camera moves down and then suddenly they're in, in what looks like a lake or the ocean or whatever. That's a really nice cut and it's done very well. Yeah. But then that's followed up and it's like a hidden cut as well. So it's, it's just really smooth. I would, but do. then that's, hmm. that's followed up with Yanis walking through this sort of lake, ocean, water. And it cuts about four times to just sort of slightly wider and then slightly closer and then slightly wider. And it's just a bit like what th- are we what we I are? would
0: argue that this is potentially more I think the direction is good, but the production of it is like that whoever produced this was maybe under quite a lot of pressure monetarily and time wise.
1: Yeah, it feels, it feels like, rushed. Actually, it feels
0: like there was a really good. idea. It is a good idea, and I can see what they were going for. But then somebody turned around and said, "Oh, you know, you had four days to film this. You've now got one."
1: And yeah.
0: it's like, "Oh shit!" Okay.
1: Or like, yeah, and I, yeah. And, I and I don't want to like pick it apart and have a go because it doesn't feel fair. But because we do, like we don't know, but there's, I, I, but there are things in it that seemed to me like they were pushed for time or they didn't quite have the money they thought they were going to. There's a shot where he's sort of in this white room and it, and it the camera moves up to the top of the room and then it's supposed to like sort of go back on itself. Mm. Uh, and it, and it again could be like a really interesting idea, but you sort of, and this sort of shows why I think they've either not got the time or the budget because you can sort of see the top of the wall, and yeah. you would think, uh, and you can sort of see like the creases of the paper at the top of the wall, and you just think it wouldn't they, be that hard to edit that out. You, you'd have thought they'd have masked that out and just made it look a bit cleaner, which suggests to me that like times through, time maybe they strange. wanted to and they just didn't have the time. And yeah, and if that's the case, then that that is a shame.
0: I don't actually really know. And I don't think they've really said much about it, but the time schedule between having the album kind of finished and the release. Like, at what point did they start thinking of all of the videos and all of this? Yeah. Because I do think at the quality of the runner, I would still rather have five of those instead of five live videos.
1: Oh yeah, I'll watch The Runner over the video for On the Lunar any day. Yeah like at least there you know it's sort of it it feels very similar to Neptune as well that like again it feels like they've got this great idea but the Neptune Neptune video sort of just ends up repeating itself there's a lot of really nice visual ideas in the, in the Neptune video
0: it it falls a bit short doesn't it really it's
1: yeah that that again just feels like maybe they just didn't have the time again or i don't know if if, if
0: if it feels a bit like someone, maybe Yanis or the keyboard player or something. I mean, obviously, it's had a much bigger team, but it feels like somebody going out, filming a load of cool shots and being like, "Oh, this this aesthetically works for Neptune." Somebody quickly edits, not quite enough shots together <laughs> to make the whole yeah. video. This, yeah, hold on, what am I trying to go for? It looks like the treatment of what the video was going to be. Yeah. It's like, this is what we're aiming for.
1: It feels like they've never quite filled in the gaps.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is um, the aesthetics.
1: And I think that's what's slightly frustrating about the, the the two albums. And it would be really interesting, not that they would say at this point, but I'd, I, I don't know, if you got... If you got if you sat managed to sit Yannis down in ten years' time Mm. and and were like, right, you know, imagine you're doing a big Foles retrospective documentary where they're just being honest about everything. And you sat him down, you'd be like, right, so everything not saved will be lost. Feels like they had so many great ideas. And then for whatever reason, whether it was they didn't have time, they didn't have the money. There's pressure to get stuff out quickly, or wh- wh- whatever it was. It just feels like there's a little bit of frustration because it. And I think that's why it sounds like me and George are like sort of criticizing this album, even though we actually we really like both both parts, and a lot of the, like the visual ideas behind it. But it just feels like it had so much potential and that somewhere along the line something's got lost and something and it would be really interesting to speak to them and, and find out what actually happened and why certain things yeah, feel like that.
0: Yeah, there's definitely points. It feels like points where Yanis is and I'm sure the band as well has felt a bit, I want to say, is it Koi a The film yes. with Philip Glass. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, That whole kind of simplicity to create, like, drama. Yeah. But it hasn't had the time put into it. It hasn't... Yeah. Because
1: we don't don't know as well, like, you know, like we keep saying, they are like a a big label indie band.
0: Yeah. And this is much more than you can usually ask for from a big like, from this sort of project.
1: Maybe, you know, maybe it was the label. You know, maybe it was, like, the label won today. All right, you've had your artsy music video. Now just, you know, what people want is just some tour footage and, like, just put it out. We just need another video. Yeah. You you know, I wonder how much of it is influenced by that.
0: I would be interested to know whether Foles would ever make their own label.
1: And what would happen if they did?
0: Yeah. Uh, I Like, how how much budget do Warner actually give them that they then can spend on music videos and stuff? Or would they actually be better off just going solo? Like, what reason do they have to stay with Warner? Like, they've got a big enough fan base
1: now. Because it feels like there are other bands that, I don't know, that feel... Slightly less constrained than I feel like foals do. I mean, look at
0: someone like FKA Twigs, for example. Yeah. She's she's kind of aimed for a very similar thing, obviously, in her style and kind of done a better job at it, really.
1: Or, or even, you could argue, the 1975. Just yeah. feel like they have a little bit more freedom to sort of...
0: But you see, they are with their mate's record label. True. They started a record label with their mate called Dirty Hit, which obviously it does have a different publisher. Um, can't remember which publisher.
1: Yeah, it's still with like Polydor. And I stuff, think
0: it's Polydor. So. Yeah, but that would be yeah. their publisher, not the label. That's not. That's right. not where the money comes from. That's not yeah. where all of the rules.
1: But that, but that might be like if Foals got got their own label or. Yeah, would they actually be
0: able to upgrade? to a certain extent. Yeah. And I'm sure they've got the contacts now. I think, I think one of the nicest things for me that has come off this project, I'm more excited than ever to go see them live. Yeah. And I'm more excited than ever to hear another new album. Cause yeah. it's Because it's not perfect. Therefore, I'm not worried about them releasing a bad album. I'm like they can still get better
1: uh, yeah I think uh, I think that we, we, we said earlier we don't think foals have ever really peaked and maybe this is this you know I they're think, getting to that point
0: I think they mature enough as they go on that they always kind of change a little bit so that yeah. they don't peak if you get what I mean Like, because they're always changing, they don't peak.
1: Yeah. Were you, um, so when this, this because this album came out, well, part one and part two came out in the same year. Yeah. Were you like me, sort of, after part one had come out, and I really enjoyed part one, were you sort of worried? Well, I remember at the time, like, part two coming out, I was kind of like, until it actually released, until it actually, like, landed on Spotify mm. and iTunes or, like, the vinyl arrived. Like, I just didn't... I was a bit like, I don't really care about another Foles record, like, being this soon. And it wasn't until, like, I listened to it that I was like, actually, no, I no, I, 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 did, I do care.
0: I did avoid... Other than Black Ball, I don't think I listened to any of the other songs off the new album until it came out. Yeah. Um, Because I was just like... I get, I get what you mean. Like, I wasn't, I wasn't craving new foals yet.
1: I was still enjoying Did, the last album. So, to that point, do you like? Do you think it will be like another? Because it was four years between, yeah, this and what went down. Do you think it will be another long period before we get something else? Because, like, I don't know. You don't want to fatigue people.
0: It depends what isolation is going to be like. whether they're going to create during that. Yeah. It also depends whether going on tour cuz they've been on tour a lot. Yeah, cuz they've toured both the albums back to back. Are they going to are they going to be spending a lot of time together therefore creating ideas, jamming a lot, kind of being like, oh actually yeah, let's get straight back in the studio or are they going to be fed up of each other and go, no, fuck this, we need like 2 years out, like we've made our money. We've toured, we've done it. Let's have a two-year break. It, it could well, go either way.
1: Well, because the uh, base Walter the bassist left just before they started this album. Yeah, um, and I think he he was. I think, and I'm not quite sure the reasons for him leaving, but I think part of it is he just felt a little bit fatigued and wanted to slow down a bit. Yeah, and you,
0: but he's maybe having that. Maybe he's the only one that was feeling that and now not having that is making them ramp up more. It's a a tough one to know.
1: Um, Any closing thoughts on Everything Not Saved Will Be Lost Part 1 and 2?
0: It's one of the most hopeful things to happen to music last year and maybe even this year. Like, if more... If more artists can be doing stuff like this, even not up to the same standard, even if it's smaller indie bands working towards this sort of project. Yeah. I think it it is beneficial. And it sits very well into how people are releasing like the whole EP one, EP two, then an album like Jack Garrett and Hayley Haley Williams. Mm. It it's a way of fitting into our very hungry culture and our very throwaway culture but still actually making good art that fits that format
1: yeah i think um i think most people when a band says they're going to do a double album there's almost like a sort of groan <sighs> but like oh god don't please don't but i really think like despite the frustrations that we have around certain aspects of the album, which I don't I don't again like it'd be interesting to hear from them because I don't know if it's even necessarily their fault. So mm-hmm. um but like if you just take the the the, the part one and part two as two albums, they they stand up really well together as yeah. a as a double album, but they also stand up really well individually as just albums in yeah. their own right. And I think that um having a little bit of space between the two was 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 a really good idea It sort of um I think that's what fit into
0: our current marketing climate mm. because if you did a double album, dropped it all in one, people would probably get through it just as quickly as they would an album. It's like even if you buy two big Macs from McDonald's you're not gonna you're probably gonna eat them both in the same space of time as you would one big Mac,
1: yeah, and also as well i think um I think you would miss some of the album tracks, yeah, um because i think if if they just delivered a one hour forty long album um like it all in one thing, I think you would i don't know you wouldn't listen to it all the way through a lot mm. And, you know, maybe some of the songs like 10,000 Feet or. Um, Dreaming I of. Yeah, Cathay to Athens, Syrups. Like, I don't know. I think you, you'd maybe miss some of them because they get lost in the sort of mammoth track list, which we were talking about 1975 earlier. It, it's sort of like, yeah you know, tracks get lost when you have like a mammoth long thing to get through.
0: It gives you, it gives the listener the option to enjoy enjoy it in portions or yeah. enjoy it as a massive body of work,
1: but also be able to like um you know because they're sort of rationing you, you're able to enjoy everything yeah and and you're not you're not just like trying to get through stuff to like you know there are songs on on part one mm. that maybe if they were part of a longer album. I would have listened to once or twice and not taken the time to really like listen to them and enjoy them because I'd have just gone, ah, uh, well, we'll skip that one. Yeah. Um. And so I think like spacing them out was a really good idea, and an idea that I at first thought wasn't going to work. I knew it was risky from the yeah. get go. But I'm glad uh, they did it, and and like we said earlier, I think it's now really interesting to see what they they're going to do next, and like mm. just like what yeah what what is next to, for for Yeah, um, and and it's kind of interesting to have a band that, and, and I think it's probably like for the first time with Foles because, like we said earlier. Holy Fire, Total Life Forever, what went down, the world's all sort of very similar. It's it's interesting to be like, I don't know what they're gonna do next now. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of exciting.
0: Yeah, I agree. This is it's definitely the longest episode we've done so far. Uh potentially yeah. this might be a part one and a part two as well. Who knows? Um Yeah, I don't really have much else to say on it. like it's good for some reasons it's slightly missed the mark for other reasons but all in all a very good a very good offering for the music
1: of the world and we shall leave it there thank you very much for joining us if you like what you hear then please do um subscribe share with your friends uh follow us on the social media links in the description of this podcast follow us on our youtube page and join us next time um as as we talk about an album that we've mentioned quite a few times already on today's podcast and that is george
0: the 1975 notes on a conditional
1: form thank you for joining us and goodbye bye